0: Joel, welcome back to Becoming Legendary, although this is special, episode one of Becoming Legendary, The Invisible Path.
1: Patrick, it's good to be back. Uh, it's yeah. been a long time since we've done one of these.
0: Yeah, sure. like a year.
1: Yeah. More, more than a year. year. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Too freaking long. Uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> which, is, well,
0: which is why I, I begged you to do a monthly podcast
1: you you tricked me into it we, we we were in such a good we were in such a good flow state with our conversation and uh you floated that by and my introvert uh wasn't paying attention and so you used some jedi mind trick and here we are yes so, this is awesome
0: yeah um so why don't we you know, Becoming Legendary has been a thing for three-ish years now. Um, and it's kind of evolved and morphed. And this is like a brand new thing that I'm really excited about. Totally, absolutely your idea. All I all I said was, would you please, 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 please speak to me once a month? And um, like you said, you got tricked into it. I don't care how it happened. It was great. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but this idea of the invisible path, this thing that we're going to kind of extrapolate out over the coming months. Um, you have like, you, you beautifully put this together for me. So I'll let you kind of give your explanation and I'll see if I can fill in any details, but what is, what
1: is the invisible path? Well, first let's acknowledge the, the sort of awesome pretentiousness of the name, right? (laughs) Uh, there's something about it. That's a bit of like, uh, Sucking people in uh, and, uh, but, but anyways, I mean, I think, I think in some ways we've, we've both been, we've both been uh, at this and, and moving a little bit against, uh, I guess, against the the typical narratives that are out there that society puts forth and uh, doing it quietly in our own ways. Um, And And it seems like more and more, if you follow, if you follow the scripts, if you follow the narratives that sort of the, the typical, the mainstream culture puts out there for you uh, sooner or later, you're going to get hustled in one way or another um, out of time, out of money, out of connection, um, out of health, out of meaning uh, in a way. And and maybe that sounds harsh because we are living at the peak of uh, human civilization. And so there's a lot to be, a lot to be grateful for and and a lot of amazing things out there and a lot of good resources. And so uh, what else can I say about this right now? Um, I guess to thrive, to really thrive today, it seems to me like you've got to, you've got to almost ignore some of the typical narratives out there and the the stories because they're just not working as well as they used to. Um, And, and I think people listening to this, people that connect with you, I'm sure they resonate with some of that. I'm sure they've seen that in their own lives. Uh, You look at, and there's so many examples you could look at just how, you know, the four-year college path, that's not, working out as well for as many people these days it works out for some people yeah. not as well for um a lot of people though they get trapped in the debt cycle uh in fact the largest uh, the largest source of income now that the uh united states government has is student debt student student debt sorry that was a freudian slip student <laughs> debt is actually the largest source uh, of uh of of income now with the government, that's that's the stunning thing, and there's something about that that's wrong. Uh, another, it's also one the need, only another, debt that another kind of unconscious narrative. Yes, you can't. The only debt from, you right? you can't escape from, which is crazy, stunning, stunning.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So, but and I think we're I think we're the point of this is we're gonna maybe today we'll sort of touch on a bunch of these um, and touch on some problems, touch on some topics that we'll speak about in the future as well. Right. Um, just quickly for me to cover a few more here. Um, so we don't just sit on student debt. Um, just the, just the idea of the deferred life plan that, that myself and so many people are on, right. You, um, you told, you're told go to school, get a job, work, save and then retire. And then maybe you'll enjoy your life. Um, yeah. once you're old and too old to enjoy it, maybe your body's breaking down a little bit. Maybe you've had some medical issues and that, that rolls right into the next one, which is of course, health and, and, uh, listening to, um, you know, different authority figures there that know so much and, and, I'm not a I'm no genius, right? This isn't about this whole project isn't about giving advice per se. This yeah. is about us, I think thinking out loud and working through things, but but if you spend enough time in the in the medical system, you're going to probably if you're paying attention and do a little mm-hmm. doctor googling, you're going to realize oh, there's some big holes that that are present here and you're going to I would say just to close it out right now, the the invisible path Has to do with taking uh, taking responsibility. Um, We're told these days that we don't have to sacrifice in a way. Like I think back, I don't know if I ranted about this in our last, my last appearance on your your podcast or not, but we're told today that um, with I'll just call it the Cervasa sickness um, to avoid the algorithms. We're told that we're fighting a war and this has been compared to world war ii but they're giving we're giving everyone help um which is fine maybe you know people need financial help things are really difficult right now but in world war ii uh we were fighting the nazis and the country was told to sacrifice and there were people grew gardens they had the victory gardens there was rationing because resources were being sent off um and and people back then had a, they had to sacrifice. They had to take a real um, level of personal responsibility and, and sacrifice. And, um, and there's some, it's a diligent yoga. There's some good work to be had there um, by adopting that responsibility. Because if you, um, if you accept that it's not your fault and that someone Oh, essentially owes you something that you're, that you're owed something. Um, who, who has the power in that relationship and what are you going to be like at the end of that? Are you going to be growing, um, emotionally, spiritually, you know, financially with your family, all of that, or are you going to be, um, are you going to be waiting and giving your power over to someone else? So. That was a, a wide-ranging bit of a rant there.
0: Yeah. Well, I, so I, I was thinking about this, this concept of, of the invisible experience that we're living in, right? Which you, you, you listen to neuroscientists and, and you listen to people talking about our conscious versus our subconscious perception of things. And um, 95, 95% of what we experience is subconscious, Right so if, if 95% of, of the experiences that our bodies are receiving are happening at a level that we're not conscious of the the depth of what the invisible path entails is is pretty significant yeah. there there's an awful lot for us to discover within this life experience and um, I, I think about i think about uh, playing within the 5% that we that we that we're aware of and how how, if you could expand that to ten percent what what a different life you would have if if you could experience ten percent of of what's going on out there
1: yeah, yeah, so thank you I've been uh, focusing on in some ways sort of the surface level or or the i don't know the very practical stuff, but that's those are the stories that, that's the world that we're um, that we're told to focus on, of course. And, and there's so much more out there. I mean, we are kind of narrative driven um, creatures. We think that um, I think we all think that we're in control, but maybe maybe we really have a lot less control over our actions our impulses than, than we think we do. There's a lot. And, and so ha- so having some awareness of that is, is certainly, um, certainly important and and that gets back to evolutionary biology. Um, certainly there's so many different uh, spiritual practices, disciplines out there. Um, the, yeah, the world is strange. I, I think it is hard. It's best not to take things at face value. Uh, that's for sure. Um, and, and so I think we're going to be, probably we're going to be covering uh, some really maybe practical uh what would you call it 3d and 4d examples and then maybe you're going to help us bring it more to the existential realm as well i would think, <laughs> I think um
0: I, I think i'll follow you <laughs> i think i'll follow you I'm, I'm i'm definitely the b side in this conversation so um, oh, <laughs> But I, I do think, I think that there, there are so many things. And I think when I think, when I think again of the invisible path and when I think of, uh, you know, not taking things at face value, there's a part of this that is pioneering. Right. And I think that's something that you mentioned to me is this, this concept of, uh, being able to pioneer and how, how, how are you hearing me right now? Is it, is it, uh. Are you bouncing in Good. And
1: out? Uh, you've slowed down a bit, but then it catches up. Okay, <laughs> that's good. Oh, we're we're both in we're both in sort of out of the way places. Yeah. And so that's gonna. Happen.
0: It is it is definitely it is definitely rural rural America. Let me um actually I can't even make that happen right now. So yeah, I'm I'm counting on I I, I don't know if I talked to you about this, but I I've been living on. 10 down two or three up for nine months and i'm over on starlink now but every once in a while the satellites are on the other side of the world and um, uh, until until elon gets more of those things up there sometimes it's a little rough
1: score okay technical difficulties solved let's see what happens here hopefully so, <laughs> hopefully so yes yeah, so so I've been talking a little bit about, uh, about narratives and, and a a great example of how, how things aren't quite what they seem, um, would be Edward Bernays. And he was, uh, I believe a nephew of Sigmund Freud and he, uh, he was essentially the first, um, peacetime or civilian, uh, peacetime directed propagandists and and what i what i mean by this is that you have obviously you have propaganda happening um during wartime you're trying to um you know for better or worse propaganda sometimes can be good right you need to maybe i don't know that's a different that's a, that's a different episode right <laughs> that for a different episode. but let me just throw this example out here of what edward Bernays did so um so uh, I don't know when this was, maybe, uh, I don't know, 20s, 30s. I'm not sure. I'm displaying my ignorance here. But but the cigarette, the tobacco companies, they had an issue on their hands. They had a problem. And that was that only half of uh, the population was their target market. And that was men because it was very taboo at the time for women to smoke. And so he he needed to fix this for one of his clients, a client came to him, a tobacco company and said, Hey, can you help us, uh, bring in women as clients for smoking cigarettes? And so I believe it was like an Easter day parade, something like that in New York city or some large city, maybe it was Chicago. Uh, he hired, um, a bunch of women to, um, at a certain time at like when he gave the signal, they were all gonna pull cigarettes out of their bags and they were going to light up in this one particular area as a protest. Um, And then he contacted a bunch of press and said, hey, this is going to be happening at this time, at this place. And it went off without a hitch and it was covered in newspapers, uh, you know, widely across the country. And that was the start, and it, it was, you know, posed as this rebellion um, and and female empowerment, and that was the start of women uh, smoking in America. And so, so when I get back to to narrative and things not quite being as they seem, it's it's interesting to think about that. And it's and that was very successful, and that was not a one off. It's not like they they were like, gee, that worked great. Let's never do that again. Right. So. That was a long time ago. Things obviously got more sophisticated. And so, and so moving. And so where do you go? What do you do knowing that you have uh, that you're bombarded with so much of this information that um, you know, may or may not be true, may or may not have your best interests in mind uh, as an individual and, f- and for your family and for the people you love. Um, and and maybe this comes back to you and some of the work you're doing. I think it, I think a lot of it comes back to self empowerment, sovereignty, moving back into the body, um, back, back into the breath, the breath, back into some kind of primacy of experience, um, to get some clarity and, and to get some stillness. Um, and maybe that is where the invisible path starts.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, So I I found it interesting. You brought up the word responsibility earlier, right? And responsibility is one of those. It's actually a word with some, with some, some of this hidden invisible meaning to it, because we think of responsibility as like chores, right? We think of like, oh man, I don't want to have this responsibility. But if, if you're, if you're put in a place where you don't have the ability to respond, right? And responsibility is, is quite literally your ability to respond to something. You break apart that word. Um, if you're in a place where you don't have the ability to take any action, if you're completely helpless within a situation, you you are the least empowered you can possibly be. And responsibility ha- has has earned this, this negative connotation. That's completely undeserved. And I, I've, I've run, I've run down this concept of, of willingness to have some sacrifice and and willingness to, to take full responsibility of not, not only the things that you've done, but the things that, that happen around the universe because you do have the ability to respond to every single thing that happens. And once you, once you fulfill that role, the empowerment there is, is remarkable. And, and it, it, it brings you back to the, to the true worth w- within your being and your place within this universe, no matter how infinitely small it may be, you have full control over you. 100% control over, not over you, that's wrong, over the way you respond to things though, right? Like you, you have a choice to respond in any way you want, as long as you can create enough separation between, between the thing that's happening and the decision to react, now as I say that yeah. I'm like okay there's a whole bunch of biological things that can happen at a deeper level within you that you you don't even you're not even aware of that you could never possibly know about and that that could happen to you. So there's yeah. there's just these layers of this onion that just keep pulling and pulling back but I do think it it does start with with empowering yourself and that idea of that idea of hiding of hiding something uh the, the cigarette example that you brought up, right? It's like, okay, we're gonna slip this message through the idea of empowerment to people because there's nothing more powerful than the idea of empowering, of empowering yourself yeah. or empowering someone. And if you can put a hidden message within that idea of empowerment, you can you can basically get anyone to take any poison pill you want them to to serve you in any way you want. And that's why the invisible path or the revealing of an invisible path is so freaking important.
1: It's like, we're told, we're told that uh, we have freedom of choice and then we're given two options, a or B you can either
0: red pill or the blue pill,
1: be in agreement or you can be the loyal opposition. And I think that is such a trap to be the loyal opposition. Um, It's, it's a fascinating thing. I mean, it's, And and that really is why that this path is invisible because it is not. You are not taking a side in a way. You are um, you're avoiding ideology and and strongly held beliefs to some degree. Um, Yeah. It's like it's also invisible because you're going to have to stumble through it on your own, one step at a time, and you're going to have to make. You have to make the decisions for yourself for what uh, what needs fixing in your life and, and where you're going to adopt that responsibility. I mean, yeah. improving your... So what's interesting about self-improvement and, and trying to make the world better, I suppose, as a, as a consequence of that, is that there's a real vulnerability in that. It's an admission that there's something in your life you're not happy with, that something isn't working, that maybe you've made mistakes... Or that you ignored things that seem so obvious to you now, like oh, I was ignoring this thing for so long, and then a catastrophe showed up, and yeah. and maybe it shows up in spite of you adopting responsibility. That's a brutal thing too. Um, you may not be deserving of you know whatever steaming pile ends up on your doorstep. Maybe it's not your fault at all. And so taking responsibility for that, um, it sounds unfair. And I don't even, it also sounds kind of preposterous, preposterous in some way, because I don't know. I can think of a lot of examples of terrible things that could show up in my life. And uh, I doubt I would be able to confront them in a really awesome way at first, right? It right. takes a long time. There's definitely some Oh my gosh, some, some resistance there. Um, but, and also if you're adopting this responsibility, no one's going to notice at first, Mm -hmm. right? Because if you're really real self-improvement is an incremental process and it is not some giant, you know, step function improvement in your life. Usually Mm -hmm. it's just brutal incremental work that no one notices for a long time and and so you're not gonna there won't be a ticker tape parade for you uh on the invisible path yeah right
0: yeah you well and and you're i mean those incremental incremental gains right incremental gains can happen so slowly um that you, no one may notice ever. Right. The, the, the interesting yeah. thing is unless someone took a retrospective of your life, it's likely right now that you've, no matter who you are, you've likely changed dramatically in 10 years. If you haven't changed dramatically in 10 years, shoot, you're, you're doing it wrong. I, I don't believe we should ever be the same person that we were 10 years ago. Um, yeah. But it's also very unlikely that if you ask people that have known you for 10 years, they'd be like, oh yeah, completely different person than they were 10 years ago. Um, but the likelihood is you are significantly different than you were 10 years ago because there are 10 more years of accumulated experiences rolling around in your brain and in your biology. So you, you just physically, mentally, whatever it is, you're a different being. Um, but but it happens slowly. It happens second by second, and and I think that is interesting. Now I do think there is there's this there's this struggle uh, within within the traditional self improvement world, which is that you can incrementally get yourself to infinity, right? So if your goal is infinite expansion, and you're taking an incremental approach to that, your you're unfortunately going to be unsuccessful inherently by the nature of, of the infinite experience. Right. Hmm. So there's, there's something to, there's something to a, a mass releasing of, of, Cognitive entanglement, I would say, like th- this ideology thing. We we are we are without a doubt slaves to ideology. Uh, some of us more impacted and more gripped and more tightly bound to that to that concept. But if we could just let that go, and if we could just admit, in one in one breath, I don't know, right? If we could just get to the point where we said, I don't know about everything, that expansion would would be infinite and and remarkable mm-hmm. it's a hard thing to do
1: so this is like uh, this seems to map onto like the the notion of satori right some kind of flash of uh, flash of insight flash of en- enlightenment and and actually finding the the workaround, finding that back door into a massive uh, improvement um, and I was ready for that and open to that when I was younger, right Now, as the years go by, I have a family. It's almost like I've been um, pushed down Maslow's hierarchy of needs in a way and yeah. made to refocus on mm-hmm. lower levels of that. I think that's something that's interesting that we could talk about later as well, but that is fascinating some some people <laughs> some people are not ready for Myself included, like my twelve-year-old, he'll show me these YouTube, you know, videos about meditation for, for, like, like opening up your pineal gland, and we'll do. Sometimes we'll do these meditations together, and I just think, like, God, he's further ahead than I am, and I was further ahead, in some senses, years ago. Now, at the same time, you get wisdom as you age, and the price you pay for that wisdom is is everything you have to grind up uh, years and years trauma and joy and all sorts of things to attain that wisdom. Um, And so, so incremental steps, I think that's something that's that some people, that's where they have to start. Uh, And where was I going with this? So, so what's interesting about this is that, it's really easy. People feel secure in in sticking with just the regular path. Um, and you, you talked before about changing what happens in 10 years and, and have you changed or not? If you don't go through the uncomfortable exercise of thinking about what your life will be 10 years from now, if you really do nothing, Versus 10 years from now, if you challenge yourself, if you go into those uncomfortable spaces, if you actually have a goal, my God, like just having a goal and then making incremental progress towards that goal uh, can be really impactful. But But understanding how to use pain and how to envision your future life and the future lives of those people around you if you're doing things, uh, if you're moving in in the proper way towards some kind of ideal that you set for yourself, versus just moving along with with whatever whims that society is kind of pushing you along in, uh, you're going to have vastly different outcomes there. Yeah. Um, and so, so I think that's part of part of this invisible path too is having some awareness of uh, of the motivations of pain and pleasure um, thinking about just the simple frameworks of like Maslow's hierarchy of needs or the chakra levels or whatever. I think that's an interesting one as well. Um, and, and going, going through some of that pain, like thinking about where things haven't worked out in the past and what you'd like to improve in the future. These are all the pains and the burdens of the initiate to the invisible path. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and I think you have to be willing to pursue some uncommon information. Um, you have to be willing to, uh, to push out to push those boundaries out and, and look for uncommon views and practices and make some self discoveries. Um, it's an important thing. I think that, you know, hearing a little bit about what, what you're doing, uh, most of your classes is, uh, it's pretty mind blowing in, in that regard. Um, and, and just to, empowering yourself is going to, going to give you a great deal of hope. I think um, trying some new things, uh, yeah. creates a lot of hope and my God, everybody needs that. That's for yeah. sure.
0: So, so when you're saying that I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of why this podcast uh, actually has some value and importance to people. And when, when you talk about society, right, there is, a, there is an undeniable fact that the society we live in is not designed to provide your being, your individual being's ultimate fulfillment and happiness, right? Like it cannot possibly be designed to create ultimate fulfillment and happiness for every single being within a given society. So if you're following the flow of society, you are inherently setting yourself up to not reach your ultimate potential. Right? Like there's no way that you could follow the flow of something that's not going to reach your full potential and end up at your full potential. So the question of like okay, great Joel Patrick, I I'm I I like Doing what? Like, I, I why do I want to step outside of the norm? What what's the what's the reason for me to care about this invisible path when I can go about my life and I can live on a on a perfectly manicured street and I like I have streetlights, I have electricity, I have Netflix. What else do I need? And I think the reality is. If we're looking at that hierarchy, and I want to get into that hierarchy conversation for like 27 hours, so we I'm just gonna briefly touch on this. But if you're looking at that hierarchy, right, like you can check off a lot of those of of those needs, right, like food, shelter, boom, boom, boom. We can work our way up, but there's a point where if you're following the flow of society, if you're following the path that's been laid out for you you're not going to reach what, what, what the, the truest, deepest desires within you are, are capable of. And that I think is the reason to start looking into this. It's like, fine. A, a, lot, of, a lot of my life is, is not my life, the, the royal we, right? A lot of our lives are, are, are easy and, and they're easy not because of any other reason than we were born into a specific region, time and experience that we had nothing to do with. We had no choice within. And we can just do that. And then we can die. Or we can be like, wow, like the road, this road is already paved to this point, to this point of happiness, the road's already paved and easy. And then to expand beyond that, I have to kick off this road and I have to push into some, some unpioneered space and I have to search, and I have to, I have to trudge through the weeds, and I have to dig through the muck, but there's freaking gold in there, and getting into that gold um, is worth it. And gold is the wrong idea, right? Because gold immediately conjures up this idea of of BS monetary, and that, yeah. there's nothing, there's nothing monetary about this at all. This it's probably the the opposite side of monetary, but. I do yeah. think I do think there there's real value in recognizing where your divergence from the societal path starts to starts to yeah. push into your ultimate experience in this life that we get to live.
1: Yeah. So gold is a great metaphor. It can't be tarnished. It doesn't change. There's something real durable about that and that is yeah. sort of this Ineffable thing, this this spirit, this connection that we're looking for. So back to Edward Bernays for a second to tie this all back. Um, one of the one of the notions back then, and, and I think this is actually in the forties. This is uh, World War Two or right after World War Two, actually, because people like Freud had seen the catastrophe of World War One and World War Two, and what they really saw there was. And what, what the psychologists were recognizing was a, 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 an evilness in humanity and, and uncontrolled destructive urges. And so part of the, part of the program here is that, is that the society wants to um, transmute those urges. They want to shift those urges and refocus those urges onto consumption. On to distraction, because the fear there is that while humans are inherently not good, we have a lot of um, we have a lot of dark, violent recesses in us that must be channeled and controlled and distracted, and and so that's where you get this consumer society. Um, that being said, my gosh, it's it's done a lot of amazing things for us. Um, this isn't really about. I don't think the invisible path has to do with. Rebelling against this stuff, or or trying to tear it down. It's trying to forge uh, your own path for improvement. Yeah, and uh, yeah, let me yeah. There was something else you had said. Um, So this is like are you familiar with Joseph Campbell, the hero's quest, all of that? Uh, So he talks about. King Arthur and the Knights um, of the round table searching for the Holy Grail. And uh, the way Joseph Campbell puts this is that King Arthur tells his Knights on their quest to search for the Grail, right? To search for that gold, to search for that, that mystery, that they should all enter the forest uh, at the point where it is darkest to them. Um, And and there's something to that, to go into both what interests you, but maybe also where you find some resistance as well. Yeah. Um, it's a very important thing, I think. Uh, and, and accepting accepting where you're at, accepting your, your faults or weaknesses and entering that darkest point of the forest um, to to move forward along this path.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Finding those. I mean, um, if so, you're looking for a place to yeah, grow, so I, th- I
1: think there's like a lot of,
0: yeah. It's your dark spots. It's yeah. your weak spots, right? You want to, you want to, if you're looking for the, for your place to grow, it is always your weak yes. spots. Always. Yeah. And, and I, I think, you know, you mentioned this idea. That it's not about like tearing things down. And I, I think that, It's the those two that that idea can easily be conflated, right? It's like, oh well, if you're if you're not going with society, then obviously you have to destroy society, and that I don't think is true at all. It's like we're we're lucky we're lucky to get to experience this. We're lucky to get to live and play with within the society that we're born into. And as you you said something earlier about the peak of civilization, right? We're living the peak of civilization. Mm-hmm. And, and it's true. And it's also been true for every other human being that's ever existed, but there could become a time when that's not true anymore. Like there may be a point when civilization yes. peaks and declines a- and, and that, I mean, we appreciate the fact yes. what we have yeah. right now.
1: <laughs> yes. So that's perfect. So another part of this, invisible path is there is this narrative that so so you're told and you're encouraged to live in in surface time and to not think too deeply about it to live in cultural time and people like ancient people uh, have have sort of always recognized that there is a cyclical nature to time Mm -hmm. that there are characteristics of different generations and that actually these there are these uh, four generational uh, archetypes that cycle over and over again. Uh, there's a book called The Fourth Turning that, that covers this. I think that's something else that, that we have to cover um, yeah. because understanding where you are in the generational cycle is really important. And, and uh, what I find fascinating is that the people that have the most awareness of this are actually the wealthiest people. The only podcasts I listen to are people have awareness of this are podcasts have that are that are uh, hosted by macroeconomists and people that like I'm the I'm the person who has the least amount of money that's listening to this podcast by a mile. <laughs> and these are the people that actually understand history and understand what's happening on a. Um, on a much larger time scale. And of course, you can get into evolutionary biology in that time scale as well. I think we need to, we'll definitely cover that also. But to get back to the generational cycles, um, right now we are in the middle of the crisis phase. Every uh, phase is a 20 year phase, and we are right in the juicy center of that. It started with the 2008 housing crisis. Or the yeah, whatever you want to call it, global financial crisis. And if you can't feel right now that we're in a crisis phase, wake the hell up, right? (laughs) And and another and another thing I want to mention with that is that there are you can get away with with certain behaviors in different phases. Um, If you were in the um, awakening phase, uh, this is like the last one that we had was, uh, in the sixties with the baby boomers coming up and having these realizations and coming into contact, uh, with psychedelics and all of that. It was real easy to move up Maslow's hierarchy of needs back then into self-actualization and without really trying and things were going, uh, really well in a lot of ways. Um, but in this crisis phase, this is a real time to adopt responsibility. And that doesn't mean that things can't be fun. I think that they have to be fun. I think you have to move into a self-actualized mode and, and really express kind of the best of who you are and you know get, out, get as far out as you want. If you want to take Patrick's magic uh, secret passage uh, into Satori or whatever, do that, but know that we're halfway into this crisis phase. And this is not a time necessarily to, to muck about and to, um, to be passive. This is really a time to, uh, to focus on what matters to you. And if you don't know what that is to formulate, to formulate some goals, those can, those can be you know, those can be sort of mundane, lower level survival goals, or they can be much higher goals, but uh, this is a time to really pay attention to that. And that's not something I hear people talk about. These, these generational cycles are super interesting. It's, they also help you understand a bit more about who you are. Like after I understood I'm, I'm the tail end of Gen X. And after I uh, read this book and understood these cycles, it made me a better parent. It made me a made me a bet made me a better son as well. It made me understand why it is that Gen X was so loathing in their youth, and why Nirvana was so popular, and why grunge music was so popular. This was not an accident. Um, this is it's like we are captured in these larger cycles that we are unaware of. So we're captured by cultural cycles, but we're also captured by these larger. Um, we're captured by intentional things like Edward Bernays and all of that manipulation. We're also captured by these generational cycles that hardly any of us have any awareness of at all. And and that's a fascinating thing. And so digging into that uh, in the future, I think that's really key as well uh, on this invisible path.
0: Yeah. It's interesting. So this, this idea of, of the fourth turning this, this, these generational things, you know, I've, I started, I started noticing this without understanding this in high school and it's from fashion, because when, when you watch, when you watch how fashion changes, right? Like be, let's think here. So it was before, before yeah before the grunge stage right before the grunge stage there was this like ultra prep stage of fashion yeah. and everything was like neat and pristine and pressed and mm-hmm. you can see like the, I just thought oh it's weird that in this timeline of life there was this like complete reversal of fashion but then as I've aged I've been like Oh, the grunge stage is back. Well, that means this this clothing brand, this clothing brand, this clothing brand, and this clothing brand are going to be popular. And now I also know the next clothing brands that are going to be popular because after the grunge phase becomes this like flared out phase. And then after that, we roll back into mm-hmm. this phase and it's so as you're, as you're, as you're reminding me of this fourth turning, I'm thinking back on those concepts where I have, where I was like, oh, you can just predict fashion trends, not by what's coming next, but by what happened before. And, and why that happens is because it's this, it's this push away from parents, right? It's like, oh, we've just flipped generations here. And I, like you was right on that cusp of, of generation X, right? So it's like, as those generations flip, as you get a, a different parent set, that's where the fashion starts to diverge because it's like, I got to push, I got to push away from what my parents thought was great. And now you get this whole rollover and it's just, it's, it's a remarkable thing. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe we do that next month. Maybe we jump right into fourth turning next month. Um, or maybe we push that down the road. Cause there's like a billion other things to talk about, but I, there's so, there's so many things that can, be, that can be identified within our life experiences by understanding how this, this seasonal component of time interacts with us.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's fascinating to me how the millennials got such a bad rap for so long. They were the first generation. That was where the term uh, helicopter parents was coined. This is- yep. This is parents, you know, really paying attention to their kids, really uh, being protective. Some people judge that as overprotective. Um, and people just ragged on the millennials um, for a long time because they grew up with the internet their whole lives and they were really good. Uh, they were the first generation, I think, to really be good at, you know, hacking the internet, figuring out the shortcuts there and really making it their own. And if you're a millennial, I got news for you. You're you're the hero generation. If cri- if uh, memory serves right, you're the hero generation because you are the generation that is at their peak of power when it comes to the age that you are at uh, when you're living through the crisis phase, and and so. And I think people that are older, if they understood that, they'd be like, "Oh God, the millennials are going to be in charge <laughs> of like moving us through this crisis." But I listened to I listen to the music that the millennials created. It is so different from the music that that Gen X gravitated towards, and and that has to do with how they were raised. Um, and every generation is raised with a different parenting style, and has. Um, has a different way of looking at the world and maybe what they're entitled to, what they, what they feel empowered to, what knobs they feel empowered to turn. I mean, you look at politics, there's hardly anyone that's in politics at all. Uh, The, the people that are, that are in power are boomers and the millennials are coming online now. And, and so if you're Gen X, you know, it's interesting. The people I connect with a lot of times online—they um, are millennials, and they are more positive. I feel like I feel like they're more empowered. They almost feel like they're more, more empowered and more entitled to go ahead and grab what they want and make the changes they want to improve things, um, or maybe to make them worse. Either way, but a uh, Gen X has this. Gen X is like playing it low key and has this has like the vibrational energy of Kurt Cobain still within them with a hair over their eyes, not making eye contact and um, and playing it safe and playing it quiet. And I think that's deeply embedded in there for a lot of people. And so, yeah, so the fourth turning is so fascinating. And then being able to understand and relate to your parents better maybe how they raised you uh, having some context there. It's all within uh, this book and this concept of the fourth turning. Um, And then this next generation raising the next uh, silent generation, which follows the hero generation of the millennials there are the artist generation, I guess you could call them. Um, Yeah. It's just a fascinating thing. And to be able to see that means that you're playing like 4d or 5d chess or whatever, instead of 2d, right? This is, this is part of the invisible path to understand all of these things that most people don't see. They don't understand how it's unconsciously influencing them and the culture and everyone around them. Um, and when you start to unpack these things, that's, that's when you can make better moves in the world. That's when you can, you can take these steps on the invisible path in a more conscious and directed and effective way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: Directed, directed and impactful. I think, you know, if you're, if you're going to, if you're going to make the decision to transverse through this life, right. Which it's a decision every, every single day you have a decision, you, you can stop living this life if you want to, it's, it's remarkably easy. Um, But if you're going to make the decision to continually, continually experience this, it, it just seems like, you should have an inherent desire to have a, a directional component to have, to have somewhere you're headed. And if you don't, it's likely that there's, there, there does feel like there's something missing within you. And I think one of the, one of the things are a, a lot of, uh, a lot of my peer group, I think is missing, is missing that idea of, of some of something. There's something within their life that just doesn't feel right and settled and fulfilled. And it may just be direction.
1: We are never, you're never freaking told to have a goal. Yeah. You n- never told that in school. No one ever yeah. says, "Hey, you should have a goal." They say, "You sh- you should check these different classes off your list." And if you get an A in everything, but you have like a D in this one thing, then you're a steaming pile. You're just a useless <laughs> person. Let's get you out of here. So this goes back to uh, the normal school. The the this is like the foundation of uh, education. This is like something that came out of the Industrial Revolution. This is something that will definitely. I think we have to touch on as well. Education is so interesting um, because of the the sort of biases there, the the unconscious. Uh, no, it is conscious, really. The, the The playbook there that you don't understand that's happening to you, but they're putting on you. They would like you to just be compliant and all of that. I don't want to get too far down that, but my God, especially I think I think for millennials, maybe it was easier for them to feel like yeah, go out and change the world. But I think for God, yeah, this is really just showing like advice is autobiography. And this is just me revealing, you know, nonsense about myself. Right. But like, you're never told uh, to have a goal in some way in school. They say, well, maybe your goal should be, well, what college are you going to get into? And then what career and all this. But I mean, you're never really taught to think about that in a real intentional way. Yeah. I mean, if you had a class in high school and in college that was just like, okay, or even even just one or two hours out of every semester where it's like, okay, think about what you actually want to do. Think about what, you're, what you want to do with your life, what, what you want your relationships to be like, what you'd like to attain mentally, physically, spiritually, whatever, all that stuff just at least write it down and then revisit it later and think, well, did I make any progress or did I just, you know, the whole time on the phone with an Instagram, yeah. you know, all that stuff. So yeah. Bringing some conscious awareness to this is interesting. Um, and you have you have to do that. You absolutely have to do that. Um, that is, that is part of, yeah, that's part of this path. Um, yeah, what are we doing? Are we start Are we starting a mystery school here, Patrick? What is this we're doing?
0: <laughs> you know, I mean, if if I think you've already got one going. So. If, but if mystery school what what included a class where you sat down for an hour and a half every week and thought about your life, how much yeah. more impactful would that be than hey? You're 18 now. Make make a bunch of choices that are going to dictate the future path of your existence. Go. Oh, by the and way, you're, you're we're an gonna. Idiot. Yeah. yeah, you for sure you're are an idiot. idiot. <laughs> Without yeah. a doubt, there's no choice about it. You're yeah. an idiot. You're 18 years totally. old. Yeah, we're gonna charge you fifty thousand dollars a year. You need yeah. to make the choices that are gonna set up the rest of your life now. And you have 30 minutes here. Go ahead. Oh, there's a counselor. He or she will give you four minutes, and and then you're ready to go. So you're good. You're good. Yeah. yeah. I, and, and that's not like, there's, there's nothing to do with the like individual people within any of those roles, right? It's just, that's yeah. the system that is set up and it, it is, it is beyond insanity to expect you. I, I got lucky, right? So when I went to college, I chose a, I chose to get a degree in something I had zero interest in doing, and I chose to get that degree because it sounded fun, and I didn't have to do math, and that's all I cared about. Nice, and, <laughs> and like, yeah. So, so I knew, like, I knew when I left college, I was, I, the, I was leaving with a piece of paper, and that is the end of what I was leaving with. I was there was no expectations other than. I have a piece of paper from the University of Colorado that says I could make movies.
1: <laughs> there you go.
0: <laughs> but within that experience, there, there was enough latitude because I didn't take classes that challenged me. Like I didn't have to spend all of my time working towards some goal that I, that I didn't know was, a, was a, something I was interested in because I wasn't interested in, in anything that was in front of me. So I took things that I was naturally good at. It allowed for lots of free time. Within that free time, I took every single class I could on evolutionary biology. And I would go to classes I wasn't enrolled in. I'd just go hang out and learn. And it just, it expanded my life experience and my knowledge of the the human human intellect, human brain functionality, human biology in ways that impact my life every single day. And, and it was pure luck. And it was just because I, I could not add two plus two. Had I been able to add two plus two, I would have been down a completely different path. And I just I just lucked out. And I'm thankful I mean, yeah, for it every, yeah. every single day. And that was like, that was yeah. my big, that really was the, the beginning of my like awareness of the, of the invisible path, right? I just, all of a sudden was like, Holy cow, there's this whole, there's this whole millions of years of history that are impacting the decisions my brain is making for me in this moment today. And you really don't have, you don't have nearly as much control over that as you wish you had.
1: Lizard brains. Uh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. I think like like you, I I was very uh, unint- unintentional. It N- didn't have a lot of direction uh, going through school for sure, and and I'm a really a latecomer. I think uh, to the invisible path and to paying attention to all of this. I think I had to go through <clears throat> a decent amount of pain and frustration before I finally had this moment of just, you know, saying, that's enough. Let's just, let's just work on something else here. Um, and, and just paying attention to what was going on. Um, and, and it's work like we sort of fell into it and we got lucky. And now it's harder and harder to do that, uh, for sure. And, and really I think college is a beautiful thing for the rite of passage and the experience that it provides all the education is out there for free. Now you don't need for to pay sure. for any of it. If you're self-directed, yeah. that being said, some people need the pain of paying money to motivate themselves to do things. For sure. So that's just real. Um, yeah. but you don't have to, uh, we should set up a business. Yeah.
0: We should set up a business where you pay us and then you go watch lectures at, uh, at Harvard.edu.
1: There you go. People <laughs> need pain. People need pain. Yeah. They the will provide the money to charity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, just donate the money to charity. Just have that. Just have a have a paywall here. <laughs> donate some money to a charity. Yeah. Then you can go learn. Yeah.
0: No, it's I mean, true. We,
1: yeah. We. It's a so motivator.
0: It, we did this. So we did this thing um, at Vitality, where we would we would we would when we started, we'd give you a free month, and essentially the return rate on the first class was below 5%. And then we said, okay, we'll charge you $15 for two weeks. And the return rate went to 90%. And it's, it's, it's insane. It, it's, it's it, but it's the, yeah. and it doesn't take a lot, right? Like $15 mm-hmm. is not going to change anyone's life over the course of <clears throat> their lifetime. It may change their yep. meal that day, but it's not going yeah. to change the, anyone's lifetime. But that little tiny commitment, that little tiny amount yeah. of pain, that pinprick was enough to have an 85% change in return yeah. rate after first visit. And, and that was a fascinating little bit of insight into, into human psychology there. And I, I, it's, right yeah. it, it's right down this world. It's right down this world because everything is available
1: right now. Yeah. yeah. And then being able to turn that around and do that to yourself to motivate yourself in some way, and that is the game, right? Yeah. Finding, finding those ways to motivate yourself through some kind of, maybe through loss, right? Maybe through yeah. through financial loss or just envisioning pain in the future, whatever the heck it is, um, that's that's part of this. That's part of this path for sure. Uh, using all of these lessons,
0: yeah, lessons abound. All right, so we've had, yeah, about about an hour. What? Uh, right. Let's 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 do this. Any any last any last concepts and thoughts on this very first little peek behind the the scenes of uh, what the invisible path is going to hold in the future?
1: I think we're we're going to cover a lot of different things. Some <laughs> of it that is, some of it that may seem mundane, and some of it that is going to be more far out. Um, I I think, I don't know, we're going to have to think about what makes sense to start with the foundation for the initial revelations. I mean, that's, that's what part of this is. I think the, you know, like we, we touched a little bit on the generational stuff with the fourth turning uh, and, and really paying attention um, and being present with, with what's happening in the world is pretty interesting. Um, But then moving beyond that, moving into the body, Um, and, and getting out of, getting out of other people's narratives and the machine's narratives and creating your own and, and, and viewing your life, viewing your life essentially as a quest. And yes, (laughs) that is the move. That is the move. Um, but to do that, it's more than just saying, "Okay, it's a quest, right?" So I'm hoping that we can give people the frameworks, those little nuggets that they need to to help them take uh, really effective action and and uh, make things magical for themselves. Yeah,
0: you know that that is exactly that is exactly my my thought. That was the exact thing. I, I feel like pioneering, pioneering should be inherently exciting, right? It's like, number one, we don't get to do it anymore. Hell yeah. There's like, there's no more opportunity. There are very few opportunities to pioneer with within the space. Like it's very unlikely that you're going to find a piece of this planet that hasn't been, hasn't been visited by humans at some point in this world. Um, so this opportunity is only one to- place
1: left, right? Tell me right here.
0: Uh, Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah. That's it. There's only one (laughs) place left,
1: right? The human mind. Yeah. Uh,
0: and, and and it really is, it really should, it should, it should start to like kindle this little bit of excitement within you to have this opportunity to, to find new places within you. And, you know, I, I think one of the fun things about you and I having these conversations is, um, what okay we've done what we've both done a little bit of of this off the beaten path exploration and that means we've failed at a bunch of different things right it's like the the, the thing about pioneering things is you freaking fail a lot and like oh God, okay yeah. so here's like it, it just offers it offers us a little bit of opportunity to share share failures So that there's some, 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 some level of guardrail for uh, people to push off on their own first few steps and then just blast off into their own world and experience.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Just taking gasoline and pouring it on just hours, (laughs) time, money, making the same obvious mistakes over and over in some sense. It is a fascinating thing. Um, Yeah. Yeah let's do it. Let's do Heck it. Let's, y- let's help people out. Um, I yes. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I love it. I love it. It's so, yeah, this is interesting. Um, hopefully we can bring some, yeah, some humor and some levity to this. There's, um, yeah, things are, people get so serious, uh, and my God, life should be an adventure. And if it, if there's some things yeah. that suck in life for you right now, which there are. that happens to everyone, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, uh, you've got to work through that um, un- yeah. unless you decide not, not to and, and yeah. not wake up the next day or whatever it is. Um, yeah. If you, if you want to stop playing, I guess you can, we, we should talk about that sometime too. I think that's a fascinating thing. Yeah. Um, but uh, let's not end it there. Yeah. It is all about this quest. It is all about, um, you're gonna. I think people will end up surprising themselves, right? Like you, yes. if you were, if you were to, if you were to set a goal for what you know, what things were gonna be like a year from now or three years from now, and then you actually diligent, diligently worked towards that goal, you're actually gonna be surprised that you probably moved far past that point, yeah, and that you could have imagined because the world lines up, synchronicities happen, and the world does become. A quest. It does become some kind of fascinating story in a way, where interesting characters come out of the woodwork to help you. Coincidences happen out of nowhere that you wouldn't have expected. Things tend to align uh, in some pretty interesting ways. Yeah. So. Yeah, you're
0: literally living a story.
1: Yeah, and I think uh,
0: so, so. Like more than more than helping you. I think what, what we may end up doing is just kind of illuminating an idea within you and like sparking an idea that pushes you or, or opens up a door, an opportunity to go find your own path. And, um, you know, because I, I I know I have, like, I don't have any like, oh, here's, here's the way to live your life because yeah. That I don't have that. And I, I would yep. never tell somebody here's the way to live your life because totally. you can you can look at what I'm doing and it's a it's a chaotic mess. But totally. but if I could spark an idea in you that that allows you to make things better, more experiential mm-hmm. or 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 tastier. Like, man, I'm super happy that we got to have this conversation.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I think what the goal is to help the invisible path at its best is actually a stairway that takes you up so that you can see down into the maze of this yeah. life a little bit more yeah. and Absolutely. and so let's do that let's let's bring all our failures and uh and all of our insights into this and see what we can do and uh, we've got an we've got an awesome an awesomely preposterous name we can Hoodwink people into thinking that we're gurus. We have to talk about gurus as well, for sure.
0: Oh yeah, all of
1: that stuff. Um, and let's bring people along for the ride.
0: Oh, I can't wait! <laughs> I'm so excited. Joel, happy freaking day! <laughs> yeah,
1: hey, man. Yeah, you too. Love you, man. Talk to you soon. This is a crack up, Patrick. I love it. Let's do it.